0: Well, the Dow Jones gained a record 2,112 spot 2,112.98 points today, 11.37% gain. This is the biggest percentage gain in the Dow Jones since 1933, which, of course, was during the Great Depression and bear market that accompanied the Great Depression. And, you know, as I've been saying, rallies like this, generally only happen in bear markets and they normally don't mark the end of the bear market. They normally happen somewhere in the middle. And, you know, I have been saying that I thought that there would be some type of stimulus related, uh, you know, rally or correction. And I don't know if this is just a one day wonder or if it is the beginning of a larger correction. I do not believe it's the beginning of a new bull market nor the end of the current bear market, but it is typical of bear markets to have these kind of rallies. In fact, if you look at the Dow's 10 best percentage gains ever, this one ranks as number five. So the fifth best gain ever. But if you look at all the other gains, the number four, the first four biggest percentage gainers all happened during the Great Depression from 1929 through 1933. And then number six and number 10 on the list, Those are also in the 1930s, in 1932, during the Great Depression. Then of the other three days in the top 10, two of them were in 2008 during that recession, during the financial crisis in October, because the market didn't go and make it low until March of the following year. So those rallies in October, those big rallies were not the bottom. We still had a long way to go to get to the bottom. And then the only other day in the top 10 that was not in a recession was in october of 1987 and that was uh, right after the stock market crash we had a rebound after the crash but uh, so that was a very atypical situation when you have the biggest one day drop ever and so then you have a recovery uh, shortly thereafter so if you just throw that one out because it's an outlier all of the other nine out of the other top 10 days happened in the middle of bear markets or early in bear markets so I'm sure that this is not the exception Uh, we are probably in a bear market and in a recession as well I mean it hasn't been officially declared all of the other big rises happened during recessions and I'm sure we're in a recession right now in fact I'm obviously not going on the limb saying that we're in a recession I mean everybody clearly knows that we're in a recession the debate is simply and how deep it's going to be And, you know, whether we're going to have a V bottom or an L bottom or any bottom at all. Uh, But I would not get too excited about this rally in the stock market. Uh, You know, we could reverse all of it uh, tomorrow. As a matter of fact, you know, this was Tuesday, turnaround Tuesday, which tends to be a day where the prevailing trend gets reversed. And so I'm especially skeptical of these kind of rallies on a Tuesday. But again, you know, we could have a little bit more of a correction here. I mean, I also wouldn't be surprised given all of the stimulus that has been thrown at the market uh, recently, particularly yesterday. And I just did a three and a half hour live YouTube cast yesterday. And we just put it up on Shift Radio on the podcast this morning. So I'm not going to talk on this podcast as much about QE Infinity uh, as I did yesterday. And so if you didn't listen to that three and a half hours, listen. And you don't have to listen to the whole thing because I really covered the QE Infinity stuff in the beginning because I kind of did a monologue for the first 20, 30 minutes. And then I went into Q&A. And there's a lot of good stuff. So if you're, you know, you're holed up in your house, you're self-quarantined or just you know in isolation, whatever, you don't have anything to do. Uh, I think it's uh, a worthwhile three and a half hours of your time to listen to the entire uh, YouTube. But I do want to talk a little bit about QE Infinity because there's some things that I I didn't touch on that I'm going to talk about right now. And by the way, you know, QE Infinity is something that I have been predicting for a long, long time, long before the coronavirus uh, was on anybody's radar. I knew this day was coming. Uh, The coronavirus obviously accelerated it. But basically, the Fed came out and said they're going to buy whatever they have. You know, they stopped coming out with dollar amounts. We're going to do $500 billion. We're going to do a trillion. It's just we're going to do whatever we have to do. We don't care how many trillions it is. We're just going to do it. But also, it's not just that the Fed is going to buy an unlimited, open-ended amount of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. Uh, they're basically going to buy all the bonds. They're going to buy a corporate bonds. They're going to buy muni bonds. They're going to buy bonds secured by credit card debt, auto loans, student loans. I mean, you name it, they're going to buy it. And I said this was going to happen because the reason I knew this was going to happen is what I had been saying on this podcast was that the next QE was going to have to be really big. And if they limited it, if the Fed limited it to just treasuries and mortgages guaranteed by the U.S. government... They would be creating so much inflation with all that money printing that it would push up yields on all the bonds that they weren't buying, right? So corporate bond yields would rise. And they were rising. They were surging. Municipal bond yields were going to rise. And so by monetizing all the federal debt, they were putting a heavier burden on state governments and corporations and individuals, because when you create a lot of inflation, right, which all that money printing is, right, it's going to push up inflation in the, in, the, in the present, plus it's also going to raise expectations for higher inflation in the future. And so all that is going to get priced into bonds. And so if people who are normally buying corporate bonds or muni bonds now see more inflation, Right? They're going to want higher interest rates. So you're going to start to see a lot of downward pressure on all the bonds that the Fed is in buying and therefore upward pressure on rates. But when everybody is so levered up, people can't afford or companies or states can't afford to pay the higher interest. So I said in order to keep the rest of the you know, bond market from imploding, in order to keep a lid on corporate interest rates and municipal interest rates, that the Federal Reserve would be forced into monetizing all those bonds too. And that's exactly what happened. But this is where the problem really, really starts. Because if the Fed is going to monetize everything, right, the amount of inflation that they're going to create is enormous. And because the Fed has basically put this gigantic bid in the market, the Fed is saying, we are going to overpay for bonds. We will buy all of your bonds, your you know muni bonds or treasuries or credit card secured bonds or you know whatever there is out there the fed is going to overpay for it because the fed is not going to let nominal rates rise to compensate the bondholder for the loss of inflation because normally if inflation is going up and now yields rise people are still willing to buy bonds let's say inflation goes up to 5% But the bonds now have a coupon of 8%. So I get a 3% real yield and I get the 5% to compensate me for the inflation. Well, I might still buy the bond. But what if the Fed is artificially holding interest rates down at like 1% and inflation goes up to 5%? If nominal yields stay at 1% and the real yield is negative 4, who's going to buy that bond? Nobody. There's nobody in their right mind that's going to buy that bond. But the Federal Reserve said, well, they'll buy it. So they're going to. They're going to buy all the bonds. In fact, all of the owners of U.S. Treasuries right now, the Federal Reserve has gone into the market and said, hey, we've got a bid. We're an unlimited buyer of all the bonds uh, at at this price because they're not going to let yields go up. So the Fed is telling the entire world we're going to overpay for bonds. So now that's an open invitation to anybody who owns any dollar-denominated bonds. Hey, the Fed will buy them. You know, that's your get-out-of-jail-free card. Sell your bonds to the, the uh, Federal Reserve. And so everybody is going to take the Fed up on their offer because they know that if they don't and somebody else does, all the money that the Fed prints to buy everybody else's bond is going to cause the dollar to fall and inflation to rise. And so nobody wants to be left holding the bag. So everybody's going to start selling to the Fed. But the more people that sell to the Fed, the more inflation the Fed has to create, right? The more money it has to print to monetize all that debt, right? They're literally turning the debt into money. When the Federal Reserve buys bonds from a corporation or you know a- anybody that owns it, they're taking that bond and creating money. That's why it's called monetizing the debt because you turn the debt into money. The debt goes on the Fed's balance sheet right, which will never see the light of day again. And in its place, there's all this cash that's created by the Fed. So as they monetize more and more debt, they create more and more inflation, which puts even added pressure on anybody who still owns dollar debt to sell those bonds to the Fed too. And now the Fed has to print more money. And this is going to be especially true for foreign central banks. You know, you've got foreign central banks, the biggest holders uh, Japan, uh, China, right? What do you think they're going to be doing right now, right? They have all these U.S. Treasuries denominated in dollars. The Federal Reserve says we're going to print an unlimited amount of dollars. We're just going to flood this system with money. We have orders from Congress. This is what Neil Kashkari said on 60 Minutes to print money and we're doing it and there's no limit to what we're going to print and we're doing QE and Affinity. You're sitting on a trillion dollars of treasuries or another trillion dollars of mortgage-backed securities, what are you going to do? You're going to sell. And you don't have to worry about crashing the market because the Fed says, we're going to buy an unlimited amount. We're not going to let the price go down. We're going to overpay you.
1: Hopefully this is the last time you'll hear this ad. With Chime Checking account features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts or at least grab an extra latte. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. That's chime.com slash goals 24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot Me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced. From the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended Beat brand for heart health support,
0: The same is true for bonds that may not even be good, right? If you're sitting on a bond that's uh, backed by credit card debt or auto loans, you know there's a pretty good chance that that bond is going to default. And so if you had to sell that bond in the free market, you wouldn't get a very good price because the buyer is worried about default. Well, the Fed doesn't care. It's just trying to bail out everybody who's holding that paper all the people who underwrote the uh, credit card loans and the auto loans and all that. So the Fed is just gonna overpay. So all of this toxic crap, all of these bonds that would normally default, they're all gonna be bought by the Fed. And so these foreign central bankers are thinking, we gotta sell. This is it for the dollar. Nobody can hold dollars. Nobody can hold any bonds denominated in dollars. This is now like a you know game of musical chairs where nobody wants to get caught with dollars when the music stops playing and so what are the central banks likely to do as they're dumping their dollars and dumping their U.S. treasuries they're going to buy gold I mean what else are they going to do I mean what are they going to use as an asset I mean they're not going to just swap dollars for euros or swap dollars for yen right they're going to just buy gold I mean they, they want a asset and you know way back when There was some advantage to holding U.S. treasuries in that you got interest, right? Central banks didn't get any interest on their gold, but they got interest on their treasuries. Well, there's no interest on treasuries anymore either. In fact, if you get short term, if you get, you know, 30 days, 90 days, you got negative yield. So it's a lot cheaper for central banks to store gold than to store dollars and they know the dollars are going to lose value because the Fed is going to flood the world with them. They just basically committed to doing that. They went all in on QE, and it's QE forever. They'll buy anything uh, in any amount, unlimited amounts. And so this is like, okay, you got to get out. This is a giant sell signal. And you know that's probably why bonds were barely down today, even though we had this huge rally in the stock market, because the Fed is in there overpaying for everybody's bonds and you know the more they do it the the more people are going to hit that bid and they're going to buy gold and in fact the price of gold today uh, was up about $80 in fact at one point this morning gold futures were up uh, about almost $130 we almost got up to $1,700 we got maybe, maybe $1,680 ish as I'm speaking right now I think we're at almost $1,640 so just about $60 off that 1700 high. In fact, this is the best three days for gold since 2008, since uh, after the big drop, since when it was recovering during the financial crisis. So here, you know, gold is acting in this financial crisis the way it acted in the last financial crisis, except gold is much stronger in this crisis because the 08 financial crisis, gold dropped by about 25% it only dropped by about 15% in this crisis, assuming we've seen the lows, which I think we have. And then it took gold about seven months to make a new high. I think we're going to make a new high in less than one month. I mean, we could make a new high this week. So it's going to be a a very, very quick recovery in gold. And in fact, technically, I guess it went into a bear market in 2008 by going down 25%. Uh, This time, it only did a correction by going down 15%. But there's some serious buying now just starting to come into the market. In fact, when the futures were up about $125 to $130 this morning, the cash market wasn't that strong. It was up maybe $50, but not as much as we were seeing in the future. So something is going on. I mean, I have a feeling that something's about to blow in the gold market. Like I know from Shift Gold that you know, there's, we're running out of inventory. It's the shipments, the orders are delayed. And I know other uh, companies that are in the gold business are having a hard time getting gold and silver, uh, you know, and so there's long delays. So physical gold and silver are disappearing. And I have a feeling there's going to be some blow up. Maybe there's some fun that's short gold or something's going to happen or somebody's going to try to get physical delivery. You know, this would be a very interesting time if some of the longs, that own gold futures, right? That normally roll their contracts over or settle in cash. What if a lot of the futures who are long decided to take delivery now when there's no physical? Can you imagine what would happen if the people who are short gold received a notice that they needed to deliver the gold that they shorted, that they don't even have, and now they have to go into the market and try to get it? How are they gonna do that? The price would explode. And you could see some bankruptcies of exchanges. Imagine the Federal Reserve having to bail out exchanges because of, you know, these counterparty risk. I mean, this could be happening. This is probably the perfect time. If anybody really wanted to really ramp up the gold and silver market, it would be take physical delivery of your gold or silver into your long contracts. Just, you know, just, you know, yeah, that's OK. I don't I don't want to roll over into the next month right? I I just want my gold, thank you, because that's what happens. When you buy a gold futures contract, that contract settles in actual gold. And so the person who sold you the contract, whoever's short, if he's not a producer that actually has the gold to deliver, he's just a speculator, right? And he's just betting the price of gold is going to go down. And so he sells futures short. He doesn't have any gold, He, you know, he's just betting it goes down, and he knows that. Well, you know, I'll just be able to get out of this contract and get into another contract or close it out. But if somebody who's long gold decides that, you know, I want to take delivery, I don't want to, you know, roll it over or just, you know, settle in cash. I want my gold. Uh, You know, they pick somebody to to deliver, and if uh, your number comes up and it's like, okay, you know, deliver the gold. Here's where you have to send the bars. Here's the location for the physical delivery. What are you going to do? You know, so this this could be happening in, in the gold market, but it's going to be a rush to buy gold because everybody knows the dollar's is cooked now, or if they don't know it, they're going to figure it out because what the Fed just did guarantees the destruction of the dollar because it means that everybody who owns dollar-denominated debt, you know, whatever kind of debt it is, Is going to be giving it to the Federal Reserve for sale. Because that would happen in any situation. If somebody comes out with deep pockets and offers to overpay for something, right? Hey, I wanna buy this and I'm willing to pay more than the fair market value. Well, everybody's gonna say, sure, buy mine, buy mine. And the more bonds the Federal Reserve buys, the less all the bonds it doesn't buy are worth which creates an even greater incentive for the people who haven't already sold to the Fed to sell. So this is the death spiral that we're headed for. This is why I'm saying hyperinflation is a real possibility unless the Fed comes up and says, you know what, we're canceling QE Infinity. We had it, we said we would buy an unlimited amount, but we can't buy anymore because we've already bought so many that we have to call it over. Because imagine if they did that, The markets would implode everything would come collapsing down if the fed said the store is closed we can't buy any more bonds right once you've told the markets we're going to buy an infinite amount how do you take that away you can't so they have set up this massive monetary collapse you know because they're desperate why would they do something this desperate because they're afraid to face the music so they're trying to pull any rabbit they can out of the hat in fact the other rabbit that they're trying to pull out of the hat That is one of the reasons for this big rally today is because I think it was, I don't know, Schumer or Pelosi or somebody came out and said, we're almost done. You know, we're on the two-yard line for this stimulus plan that didn't pass the other day. And so now they're um, trying to get it passed today. In fact, I just read some breaking news uh, as I'm recording this that now they were supposed to get a deal tonight. And now it's saying that maybe it's going to drag into Wednesday. They're talking numbers of about $2.5 trillion for this uh, stimulus package. And of course, it's going to be paid for by the Fed, right? Nobody's paying higher taxes. In fact, everybody's getting tax cuts as part of the stimulus. Uh, So it's tax cuts, government spending increases, all the debt to be monetized, in addition to all the other bonds that the Fed is already monetizing. Uh, So I think it's the excitement surrounding this bailout, this stimulus, that also is inspired today's rally. Because this rally has nothing to do with the underlying fundamentals. It's all because everybody believes that the Fed is gonna rescue the markets, that Congress is gonna bail out companies that can't pay their debts and bail out consumers, and it's all this free money that's coming. That's why the stock market was up. But you know, gold was up not quite as much as the stock market today. If you have gold up 5%, And the dow up 10 percent or 11 percent then the real gain in the dow was half that much and i think it's going to lose those gains relatively soon of course most gold stocks were up 13 14 15 percent today so gold stocks had a much better day than most stocks although i saw plenty of non-gold stocks some of the biggest gainers You know, we're the most beaten down companies like the airlines and the cruise ship companies. And so some of these stocks were up 20, 30 percent today. So there are a lot of stocks that actually outshined the gold stocks. And the fact that it's some of the biggest beaten down companies that rallied some of the companies that really are in the worst shape uh, is a pretty good sign that, you know, we haven't seen the lows and that we're going to retest them relatively soon. But I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the crazy details that I'm hearing regarding this stimulus package, which, you know, it's going to be a lot bigger than the one that the Republicans wanted, uh, you know, because the Democrats are trying to throw in a lot of, you know, a lot of pork in there. But the problem is, you know, once the Republicans buy into the Democratic idea that government spending stimulates the economy and that deficits don't matter, it doesn't matter how much you know how large the deficit is. None of it matters. Well, once you've agreed on that, well, then you know you've lost the debate. You know the ideological debate. And so, if you're going to do a two-trillion-dollar stimulus, why not two and a half trillion? I mean, what's an extra 500 billion? We're printing up two trillion. Just print up 500 billion more, right? I mean, because if there's nothing wrong with two trillion, there's nothing wrong with two and a half. Uh, although I don't know, maybe the, the Republicans wanted a little less. But it's all immaterial. It's just zeros, right, on the end of the uh, the bills. But one of the ridiculous things that I was hearing is that they want to create a digital dollar that would basically be a liability of the Federal Reserve, just like a paper dollar, but a digital dollar that the Federal Reserve can simply create out of thin air and keep it on its books as a liability, just like all the other dollars. So it'd be one for one if you have a digital dollar, it has an exchange rate of one to one with the actual physical dollar, right? And that the government could simply load up every American's digital wallet. So the government can create a digital wallet for everybody, probably tied to their social security number, right? So when you get a social security number, you get this digital wallet. And then whenever the government wants to load it up with digital dollars, they can do it. And it's very quick. They're able to inject that inflation right into the economy, right? Whenever they think people need money to spend, they just put it in their digital wallets. And, you know, this is a horrible idea. I mean, actually, I wrote a commentary about this during the uh, financial crisis before when they were talking about stimulus. And, you know, the irony of all the stimulus is people are worried, you know, it won't work because everybody won't spend the money, right? People are afraid of, hey, what if we send out a stimulus check? Apparently, this bill is going to call for something like $1,500 for every American with a social security number, regardless of whether or not you have a job. Everybody gets $1,500 and uh, and all the kids get five hundred dollars. So a married couple with two kids uh, would get four thousand dollars, right? Three thousand for the man and the wife, and uh, another thousand for the kids. And it's a free, it's free unless you make over seventy five thousand. Then it's a three year interest free loan. You pay it back uh, a third every year. At least that's how it was proposed, or the most recent version that I read. Uh, but what everybody always says about the stimulus is, hey, it might not work because some people might not spend it, right? They might save the stimulus money, right? Perish the thought. Or they might use the stimulus money to you know, pay off a loan, like pay down their credit card bills. And so therefore it won't give us the stimulus that we want, right? Which is they want people out there spending it. Well, this solves that problem, right? Although it's not really a problem. I mean, but my, my um, joke commentary that I wrote back then, was that the federal government should give everybody a debit card, right, called the stimulus card, which they can load from the Fed with cash whenever they want people to buy stuff, right? Well, this is even better now with the blockchain and this, you know, all this, that they can create a digital dollar that they can create out of thin air and load up everybody's digital wallet. And, you know, and now everybody has to spend it because they can obviously— Uh, have criteria is built into the code where you can't use the money to pay off uh, an an existing credit card bill like it's only valid at retailers right I mean so this is a very scary thought for a lot of reasons one it's going to you know allow the government to inject inflation quicker into the economy which means the effect on consumer prices will be a lot quicker right because all this money is going to be spent but now the government knows everything you're buying they kind of have a complete you know, picture of what you're doing because they see all the transactions. So they're going to have all this data. But they can also micromanage, centrally plan how you spend or what you buy because they can say, okay, you know, we just put $1,000 in everybody's card, but here's what you have to spend it on, right? You can only spend it at these certain locations or you're not allowed to spend it at these businesses. They really can control where the money flows and they can even have a time limit. They can say, okay, we put $1,000 on everybody's card and in 24 hours, if you haven't spent it, it's gone. So you got to rush out and spend it. So if they want to really get people buying quickly, they can do that. But you got all these tools now that they have to centrally plan and micromanage the spending of all the money they create out of thin air and just immediately deposit in people's digital wallets. So th- this is a very bad idea, you know, from a civil libertarian if you're worried about Big Brother, but it's a terrible economic idea because what is all this going to do? Just creating money and giving it to people to spend, that's just inflation. All it's going to do is raise prices. What people should do with this money as soon as they get it is, you know, go to gold money if they allow it. They probably they'll probably block those transactions and buy some gold or silver before it loses value. Otherwise, you gotta to run to the store quickly or go to Amazon and, and spend your stimulus money before you know we run out of stuff to buy. But this is just one of a number of nutty ideas that I'm reading about. Another one is the student loan forgiveness, which is part of this. And I'm reading anywhere from 10,000 to $30,000 of student loan forgiveness for everybody with a student loan. Now, what this has to do with a temporary you know loss of employment uh, during this uh, coronavirus. I mean, let's say you're out of work for three or four months. Why should you have ten to $30,000 worth of student loans forgiven? I mean, it doesn't even seem to me that these two are even in any way related. I mean, it's like a windfall. It's like because we had this coronavirus, everybody has a student loan, now gets a ten, twenty, dollars $30,000 windfall. It doesn't even make any sense. It's just that the Democrats want to pander to students in an election year. And now everybody's talking about student loan forgiveness. So, hey, let's throw that on the pot and just more money for the Federal Reserve to monetize. Another idea they have is they want to supplement the normal unemployment benefits that people get with like up to an extra $600 a week. The idea is every person who loses a job will receive their full pay for up to four months. So if you're unemployed for four months, see, normally on unemployment, you don't make as much money on unemployment as you made when you were still employed, which is one reason that you know people uh, may not want to stay on unemployment and milk it for every last penny, which a lot of people do. Uh, but some people, you know, they need to get a job because they actually need the full money. They can't make it on the unemployment. Uh, but if you're going to tell the unemployed, hey, we got you covered for four months, right? For four months, you're going to earn exactly what you would have earned had you went to work, but you don't have to go to work. Well, what idiot's going to go to work? I mean, most people will take the four months off. I mean, especially since a lot of people who have jobs have commuting costs that they can't deduct. I mean, you know, it's more expensive to go to work every day than to stay home. So if you give a lot of people the choice between going to work and staying home and the pay is exactly the same, most people are going to stay home. So a lot of people who would have returned to work aren't going to return to work. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of employers, you know, who have workers who might have you know, kept them on the payroll, what's the point? Just lay them off for four months, they're gonna get paid uh, by the government, so you know, why should the employer do anything? And I'm sure what might actually happen in some of these circumstances in a lot of small businesses is people will work under the table. They'll pretend they're unemployed to get their four months of salary, uh, and then maybe they'll do a little work for their boss under the table and they'll get paid a little bit in cash. Everybody wins. The, uh, the, the boss gets the work, but he doesn't have to pay that much for it. Just a little extra cash. And the employee uh, gets some extra money tax free on top of all the other money he's getting. So, look, this is going to be a big boondoggle. Uh, and, you know, again, I keep hearing, too, that they want to give all kinds of subsidies to companies for not laying off workers. Well, you know, a lot of these companies, because they don't lay off workers when they should, will end up failing. And so instead of having jobs to come back to because their employers temporarily laid them off, uh, waiting for demand to come back, if instead they kept them on the payroll, even though they didn't have the sales, they may end up going out of business. A lot of these small employers, you know, they don't have deep pockets, never-ending pockets. So if they try to do what the government is asking and keep people on the payroll that they don't really need... It could end up bankrupting them. And then the jobs are gone permanently instead of being uh, 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 lost temporarily. Also, there's going to be a lot of stuff in this bill about moratoriums on payments, on loans, right, on, uh, you know, car loans, student loans and left, you know, auto loans which is another reason why a lot of people that own those loans should just sell them to the Federal Reserve. I mean, why own a loan when the government's going to basically say that the people who you loan the money to don't actually have to make any payments? Now, I don't know if the government's going to reimburse. Probably the government's going to have some way of actually making these payments to the lenders so the lenders don't fail, right? So the government is simply bailing out everybody. I think they're also having something in here where it's illegal to foreclose on somebody who's not making their mortgage payment, or you can't evict somebody who's not paying their rent. Well, you know, a lot of people don't want to get evicted, so they pay their rent. Well, if they find that their landlord can't evict them, well, okay, well, I've just lost my incentive to pay my rent, so I'm not going to pay it. I mean, I can live here rent-free if you can't evict me, then what's the point of paying rent? Now, I don't know, you know, is the government now going to make all these landlords whole? Because now that they've told people they can't get evicted, people who might otherwise have paid the rent are not going to do it. And, and, and as far as they know, what if this is open-ended? What if they keep extending the moratorium on eviction? What if you can live two or three or four years and you don't get evicted? I mean, a lot of people will do that. And then even ultimately if they say, okay, you have to pay your rent, well, I'm just moving out. I'll just start, you know, clean someplace else. So they've opened up this Pandora's box. Again, you know, politicians always underestimate Whenever they set up a program, it costs much, much more than they think because everybody changes their circumstances to take advantage of whatever the government is giving away. And this is probably the biggest government giveaway in the history of giveaways. It'll be the biggest slush fund and boondoggle. And of course, the Republicans have no backbone to stand up to the Democrats. They want to give the public whatever the public wants because it's all free. Nobody has to pay for anything because the Fed is just going to create all the money out of thin air. Boop, boop,